The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to A Came From Radio, the official The Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me in the GHR studio, I have our very own uh, Zambo, the engineer, who isn't our very own. He's Hello. GHR's very own. Yes, GHR's very own engineer. Um, <laughs> Dominic Sperano and uh, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino are on assignment, so it's just going to be me and he. Um, on this week's show, we're going to have um, a writer uh, calling in from California, I believe. And it is Steve uh, Peros. Uh, he is the author of the comic book Stoker and Wells, nice. Order of the Golden Dawn. He'll be calling in just a little bit. But before we do that, and also since I'm here by myself, I have. Um, so I also want to talk about the GCC. Wait, the GCCCE. That is the Grasshopper Comics. A children's charity event which happened this past weekend so i'm going to talk about that also awesome. and uh yeah so um let's take it away with the news all Where's right let's go for it yeah, all right oh, that's not it again. it's not working oh no it's not <laughs> again i gotta wait till the light side now go for it. it but this one yeah it's more for time <laughs> every now and again that's that the news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 23, probably 24 years by now, um, of pop culture stuff and comic bookness. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Um, their next convention, because this is going to be airing way later than today's actual date, it'll be in April 4th and 5th of 2020, and they're going to have none other than uh, the original Green Ranger, Jason David Frank, as the headliner. Um, and also, we don't do the shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, and Shadow Rabbit Art. If you guys want a shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Sorry. <laughs> and look us up on the search bar, and uh, for just a dollar a month, you can get your own little shout-out on our show. So you get a shout-out, help us out, it would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget, for the measly ten grand, you get a night oh, yes. out with Dominic. For $10,000, uh, we have different levels. So for the $10,000 one, you get to have an evening with um, our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Masperano. Uh, if you're 21 and over, he'll take you to all the best bars in the city and all the best comic books uh, store in this stores in the city and as many Pronto Comics comics that you can carry. Woo! Um, so yeah, so let's start off with the sad news. All right, so that's a lot of sad news uh, yeah. for today, which is weird because, well, actually, I, I would say it's weird because it's a good thing because <laughs> we have twice as much news because we also have another show later on today, true, a live true. show, which already happened if you're listening to us on the air, but if you're not on Facebook Live, which is happening right now, it's going to be later today. Um, so let's start off with um, uh, Renee. Oh, boy. I, I can never pronounce his name correctly, so I'm Renee. just going to say Aubergineos. Aubergineos? Oh, um, R-E-N-E, right? Is that yes. how you spell his name? Yes. Right. R-E-N-E-A-U-B-E-R. Ah, uh, 
Yeah. Aubergine, I would yeah. say. Uh, it's, I that's how I would say it. Aubergine. Yeah, he's French. Uh, he died recently from lung cancer. Um, Rene appeared in such films as yeah. The Original Mash, Hindenburg, King Kong for 1976, The Eyes of Laura Mars, Police Academy Part 5, Miami Beach, he was the bad guy, um, Batman Forever, Inspector Gadget, the film, uh, and Windows of the World, just to name a few. On the small screen, Rene appeared in such shows as, here we go, the Mod Squad, McMillian and Wife, Love, American Style, The Jeffersons, Bob Newhart Show, Bob Bob Black Sheep, Wonder Woman, Charlie's Angels, the original one, uh, Miss, Mrs. Columbo, Murder, She Wrote, L.A. Law, The Outer Limits, Chicago Hope, The Practice, Nash Bridges, Star Trek Enterprise, Boston Legal, Warehouse 13, Grey's Anatomy, Good Wife, and of course his two most famous roles as Clayton Endicott III in a series Benson, appearing for 135 episodes of the 1979-1985 series, and Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. In 173 episodes out of the 176 episodes that aired between 1993 and 1999. On top of all that, Rene also had his hand in many animated roles, such as The Last Unicorn, Little Mermaid and its sequel, Little Nemo Adventures of Slumberland, Cats Don't Dance, American Tale, Treasure Manhattan Island, Geppetto's Secret, Chill Out, Scooby-Doo, Planes, Fire, and Rescue, The Smurfs, Super Friends, Legendary Superpower Show, Challenge of the Gobots, The Superpowers Team, Galactic Guardians, The New Adventures of Johnny Quest, Snorks, Pound Puppies, the original one, DuckTales, the original one, Batman the Animated Series, Pirates of Dark Water, Aladdin, The Savage Dragon, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, I love that show, uh, Jumanji, Extreme Ghostbusters, Men in Black the series, Wild Thornberries, The Legend of Tarzan, Justice League, The Mummy, Shaolin Showdown, Avatar The Last Airbender, Young Justice, The Looney Tunes Show, Ben 10, Omniverse, Pound Puppies, a new one, and Avengers Assemble, just to name a few. Hmm. He did a lot Ooh. of work. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. He did a lot. A lot of good stuff. Um, sadly, I have to say, um, usually I try to, at the time back then, I used to try to see all the Star Trek guys. I actually have seen... Um, just about every Star Trek cast member of um, the original series, Next Generation, mm-hmm. and Deep Space Nine. But um, he was—I was a kid when I um, when he was at a convention, and I yes. was scared to talk to him. And I remember Aww. he was just sitting there. But um, at, we had just started the show, so this is probably like 2003, 2004. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And um, my one of my co-hosts, which was uh, Todd Wright, shout out to Todd if you're listening. Um, he went up to him, he talked to him, and his he brought his daughter to the convention. And he told me that he was the nicest man. He uh, he sang he sang songs with his daughter, and he was just talking about the the art craft. So this is way back when he was at the top of his game back in the two thousand. You know the show had just finished. He's you know up there, but he's a very nice man. And I'm sorry I didn't go over there and uh, talk to him. That's uh, okay. He was seventy nine. Yeah, that was a, a young seventy nine. A young seventy nine. A young and spry seventy nine. Yeah. Dang, lung cancer though. That's 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 a tough one to to, yeah. to hit. Definitely. Uh, moving along for yes. more sad news. All right, famed Taiwanese comic book artist Su Mao Sung also died recently of a heart failure. Uh, whose work? Huh, I didn't know if I. That's, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't read it until I saw it. But yeah. now I said it, and now it's sad. I, I feel bad that I said it. Woof. Whose work stretched over 60 years leading up to his final work, which was a 760-page hand-drawn comic about the book, about the life of Buddha, which took 10 years to complete. Hmm. Uh, Culture Minister of Taipei officially mourned his death, uh, saying Su uh, created throughout his life and was an inspiration to younger generations. Of note, in 2017, 
Sue was honored with a special contribution award at the Golden Comic Awards for his contribution to Taiwanese comics industry. So basically, he was like the Stan Lee of Taiwan, uh, making all these comics. Um, he was a, a young 82. Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense then. My goodness. Um, so moving on for even more sad news. Actor Ron Liebman also died recently following complications from pneumonia. Uh, Ronald appeared in such films as Where's Papa, Slaughterhouse-Five, Wonton Ton, The Dog Who Saved Hollywood, I remember that movie, uh, Norma Ray, Up the Academy, I remember that movie, Zora the Gay Blade, I love that movie, uh, Door to Door, Rhinestone, never saw it, that's the um, Dolly Parton, supposed to movie, uh, Seven Hours of Judgment, Personal Velocity, Garden State, and A Little Help, just to name a few. On the small screen, Ronald appeared in such shows as At a Night, Hawk, Police Story, A Question of the Guilt, Kaz, Kaz Rifkin, Bounty Hunter, Many Happy Returns, Christmas Eve, Terrorist on Trial, The United States versus Sam Ajami, Aaron's Way, Murder, She Wrote, Pacific Station, Fish Police, Duck Man, Private Dick Family Man, um, Central Park West, Law and Order, Friends, Rugrats, Don King, Only in America, and Holy the Baby, just to name a few. He was also uh, 82. Uh, Most people, I guess, remember him as uh, Rachel's father on Friends. That's the... That's that's who uh, he is. That's yeah. where his that's where he came from. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. Now I see where he. Just he a couple was. episodes, but that is uh, yeah. that's what most people do. I've never saw. I only seen actually. I've only seen two episodes of Friends. So. He's also was on a couple episodes yeah. of Archer. He did a character. Yeah. For nine episodes. Tons. Tons. Yeah, Tons he's, of stuff, he's, yeah. He's done a lot. My goodness. And he was also uh, eighty-two. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and there's more deaths to come. So woohoo! But that's going to be safe for another show. Woohoo! Boohoo! Um, moving on to to a little happier, better news, uh, <laughs> from the if it bleeds, you can kill it department. Oh, uh, you got to make sure you have the number up, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the number for um. Yeah, just in case. All right, good. Um, yeah. From the if it bleeds, you can kill it department. Bill Nye, the science guy has filed suit against the evil corporation known as Dizzy with claims that the company shortened, shorted him on profits from his series back in the 90s. Uh, in the complaint, Bill estimates $28 million in damages and is also seeking punitive damages stemming from Disney's long and consistent pattern of underreporting revenue and improperly applying deductions. Of course, Disney isn't taking this line down, but the judge has ruled against them, allowing Bill's case to make it to actual trial. Um, for those of you not paying attention, Bill and I, uh, The Science Guy, was a syndicated show by Walt Disney Television, originally airing on local TV stations from 1993 to 1999. The show also ran from PBS to 1994 to 1998. A total of 100 episodes were released across five seasons, and Bill Nye's other science-based programs include 2005's The Eye of Nye and 2017's Bill Nye Saves the World. Whew. All right, so moving along. Oh, I messed that up. All right. Um, nah. No, we we need to play a video for one of the news items. But I guess we'll, uh, we'll work it out. All right. Um, from the uh, to boldly go where many men have gone before department, mm. none other than William Shatner has filed for divorce from his fourth wife of 18 years. This is his third divorce as he was first married to Gloria Rand in 1956, divorced in 1969, then married actress Marcy Lafferty, L-A-F-F-E-R-T-Y. Yeah, Lafferty. Uh, from 1973 to 1994. And then Noreen Kidd in 1997, who died in 1999. Uh, Shatner and uh, Martin uh, signed a prenuptial agreement when they married in 2001. And while they're still negotiating the details of the final settlement, the terms of their agreement stipulate that neither will be responsible for paying spousal support after the divorce is finalized. So there you go. How about that? Yikes. Um, Did you hear that, ladies? He's <laughs> back on the market. 
He's, I think, like 88. Maybe. He's about 88. He does not look 88, but he is 88. That is true. He is. He's yeah. doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, the young ladies can, can get themselves a little bit of Shatner. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> moving on. All right, so let's see. So while, um, so on the YouTube, um, actually, let me see. All right, type this in. Sure. <laughs> YouTube.com slash blah, 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 right? Um, slash watch, question mark, V equals 9Y. L P H one one J D five U. See if that works. Five U. Okay, I have it right here. So let me just go over that. Uh, that this one. It's not how any of this works. Yes, that's the one. All right. Uh -huh. So we'll play that in a minute. Play that in All a right. minute. All right, you got. It. Um, from the uh, gaming desk, uh, Redbox has put the final nail. Oh no! Let me try that again. Redbox, the final nail in the blockbuster video coffin, has decided to stop renting video games. Mm. For those of you who don't know, Redbox is a self-standing kiosk that you can rent movies and games uh, for a limited time, much like Blockbuster did. And actually, they started to take over when Blockbuster was on its way down. These kiosks started popping up, and you can rent movies for less. It was for a dollar, but now I think it's up to a dollar fifty. Uh, yeah. Then um. Then you could rent it at Blockbuster, have it for was well, for one day, uh, yeah, like and you bring it back, and you can bring it back to any Redbox kiosk. It was very mm -hmm. good, very nice service that they're doing. They decided to expand uh, to games because the gaming rental industry has always been the corner market of Blockbuster Video, and the uh, the the arch enemy the to the to, what is the um, to the hmm, what's what would be the word for uh, people getting upset. Uh, people getting upset. The 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 thorn in the side. Uh, the, the visceral? visceral, 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 visceral. Yeah. To visceral the uh, to um yes to blockbuster video. Uh, no, to the uh, gaming industry because yeah. if you make a game, you want people to buy it. Mm -hmm. And as games have gone up in price, they start around like twenty, then they went to thirty, then forty, yeah, and then fifty, now and sixty, and sixty, and seventy, plus, and plus whatever. Now. Yeah, now it's sixty plus. So plus. they want that money, <coughs> but instead they sell it to the. Um, Rental places for cheaper, yep. and then they rent it out, but they don't get any of that money, yep. from what I understand, if yep. I'm not mistaken. It's all revenue for the company that, the, that, the company that rents it, Redbox. So the game, for the game people, it's great because you can try the game, as they say, try before you buy. Mm -hmm. And you can see if you like or do not like this game, as opposed to throwing down 60, 70, or whatever Plus. dollars, yeah. playing a game for five minutes and not liking it. And then if you want to return it, you lose like more than half of its value yeah. instantly. Yep. So Redbox was holding off renting the games out, and then all of a sudden they decided to stop it because I guess it was not profitable or whatever reason. They have Pressure not said for why. The industry. Who knows? But it reminds me of when we were renting block when we first started renting video uh, video games at Blockbuster. I was there, and. It was easier when they were renting out uh, hard cartridges. Mm -hmm. Cartridges were things that they used to put into I Nintendo remember. Entertainment Systems <laughs> and uh, Genesis. For you who do not know. <laughs> <laughs> but then they started moving over to CDs. Yes. Now, the thing is, when you rent it from a, when you rent a Blockbuster, they did not take care of those CDs no, at all. They, definitely they get don't. scratched and whatever because they don't care. It's rental. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the same when it's like a, a hard physical thing. It's a delicate mm -hmm. item. So we used yeah. to get people renting it for the first time, coming back all scratched up. We didn't do that. Like, like, we you were the only all. person that rented this. We literally got this in the morning you rented it. So maybe what did you do? that's why they decided. <laughs> could be that. It could also be theft and everything like that because people can, well, were able to um, basically photocopy. 
the uh, the the front of the CD that had the little barcode that Redbox uses. Yeah, and, and then they just put it back in the box <laughs> and then just slap it in there and leave. So so maybe that's them. another reason. But yeah. as of right now, the only thing I think they have left is um. I think there's one other game. Gamefly might be the last Gamefly is of the rental uh, game rental things. Oh my god! Is Gamefly but still I don't even around? think nobody really talks about it. So it's probably there, it's but still around. <laughs> not 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 for much longer. Oh my god! Um, but yeah. So how much how much are they charging for that? What does let's it say see. on there? The fr- there's a free trial you can free do. Free trial. Woo-hoo. What is this? Uh, let's thing? see. Uh, game prices. Yeah, let me do this. Should be on there somewhere. Yeah. Gamefly prices. So they, that's still you have to pay a monthly fee. One disc is $10 a month for three months and fifteen ninety five a month afterwards. Okay. Uh, that's if you wanted to do the one. Uh, then there's two discs out at a time for thirteen fifty uh, a month for three months or twenty two ninety five afterwards. All right. So okay. you're so it's okay. a monthly rental service. So that's yes. a little different. That's like the Netflix of uh of, of gaming. Back, back when Netflix the digital discs. Yeah. They still do. They still, still do. You can still I thought get. They finally scrapped you can it. still get the oh discs, which they apparently have a larger library on discs as they do um in and uh I've heard streaming. But um uh, but yeah so that's that's all that's left for you gamers out there so or unless you can try it out for Steam I believe it's called but even some of those they yeah. you try a demo yeah. and then you can't save all the stuff you did on the demo when you get the real game so it's you know pain in yeah, the butt yeah yeah it doesn't transfer over all the way and stuff like um that. so yeah so that's so that's that oh and DVD.com yeah okay so that's the company that they have now and moving on cool. all right so we're gonna hit that hit the hit the video Harry. from the that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Um, department. Um, <laughs> all right, so he's going to call in four minutes. So I'm going to okay. see if we can get this all in within that time. <gasps> Ooh, go. Um, actor Billy D. Williams was shocked and stunned to find out that after a recent interview with Esquire magazine, the internet went crazy that the 82-year-old actor came out, air quotes, as gender neutral. Originally, Billy was quoted as saying, I never tried to be anything but myself. I tried to think of myself as a relatively colorful character who doesn't take himself or herself too seriously. I say himself or herself because I also see myself as feminine as well as masculine. I'm a very soft person. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. As previously mentioned, the internet, as it tends to do, uh, went crazy with reports and even praise from the LGBTQ community. Um, Upon hearing this, Billy was quoted as saying, Well, first of all, I asked last night, I said, what the hell is gen- is gender fluid? <laughs> That's a whole new term. <laughs> but what I was talking about was men getting in touch with their softer side of themselves. There's a pr- there's a phrase that was coined by Carl G. Jung, who was a psychiatrist, who was a contemporary of Sigmund Freud, and he had a splitting of the ways because they had different ideas about the what do you call it consciousness, um, unconscious. This is his quote. Um, it's collectively unconscious, but he coined the phrase that. Anemia animus. Anima animus. Anima animus. The anima means is the female counterpart of the male self, and the animus is the male counterpart of the female. So that's what I was referring to. I was talking about men getting in touch with the female side of themselves. I wasn't talking about sex. I wasn't talking about being gay or straight. People should read young. I mean, uh, it would be interesting to education for a lot of people. And then he goes on to say, no, no, no. I am not gay by any stretch of the imagination, nor have I have anything against gay people, but personally, not gay. Hmm. Um, of course, being gender fluid is defined as a person who fluctuates between more than one gender or between having a gender and not having one. They do not stick to one gender or lack thereof. 
for their entire life. It is not related to a person's genitalia or their sexual orientation. So the fact that Billy Dee Williams thinks it's about being gay or not gay, and he has no idea what gender fluid is, definitely says he's not a gender fluid person. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's just some guy who's who's Mr. Suave, yeah. said what he has to say, and it was misinterpreted as it is done in the internet. So, yeah, that happened, yeah. which uh, I, I find to be kind of interesting because, you know, you think he probably doesn't even know what internet is, but all of a sudden... What the hell is an internet? <laughs> he's, he's, he's trending yeah. as, oh, my God, he is... <laughs> <laughs> gender fluid. Hooray for gender fluidity. And but also, what the hell is gender fluid? That's yeah. basically how he is. So, so yeah. So that's uh, that's how that goes. Ah. So in theory, our guest should be calling in a minute. So let's uh, let's uh, take the break. So we're going to take a break. All right. Hopefully he'll call during the break, and we'll be uh, right back in from radio. I'm Nathan Boo from Ben and Apple TV, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at Hotmail.com. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey, guys. I'm Christy, and I'm here to make the coolest custom cake for your next event. I also do cake pops, cupcakes, cookies, you name it. So if you're searching for the perfect birthday gift, preparing for your big day, or maybe there's nothing coming up, but your sweet tooth may have just given your brain a swift kick because of me, give me a call at 631-606-8166 or follow me at Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y. Thanks. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to The King of Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. your host, Mark Torres speaking. And we should have on the phone none other than Stephen Peros. Hey, Steve, say hi. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody Oh, going? there we go. All right. Hello. I'll do. Um, so uh, we're going to be talking to with and about you in just a second. Um, but I want to mention that you are the writer of the comic um, Broker, Stol- wait, Stoker and Wells of the Order of the Golden Dawn, correct? That is correct, sir, yes. And I'm just now, my head is reeling over William Shatner's divorce <laughs> and uh, that Billy D. Williams is not gay. Wow. What a morning. See, so if Billy D. Williams was gay, he could hook up with William Shatner. <laughs> and then they would have had fun. <laughs> Wait a minute, what are you saying about William Shatner now? Hold on. <laughs> That's it. Are you outing William Shatner uh, right here on It Came From The Radio? <laughs> that would, That's another only. discussion entirely. <laughs> you know, he's, he's been a guest on the show uh, twice, actually, and, and he's a... Wow. Yeah, it was really a nice uh, person to interview. It was, it was a really great experience. Cool. Um, but we're here to talk about you. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the business, and we'll talk about your book, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, uh, I am from uh, from New York. I grew up uh, not far from where you guys uh, broadcast uh, there, uh, North Babylon on Long Island. I was born in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Too far at all. Um, then we were two, moved out to suburbia, but I'm calling you guys from Hollywood, uh, California right now. Uh, went to NYU, film major, always writing scripts. Finally got some action on one after I graduated, which uh, brought me out here. 
not uh, not an unfamiliar store. You come out for a 10-day look around, turns into 10 weeks, turns into your living here. Um, you know, I don't have we don't I don't have to wear uh, winter coats or shovel snow, so it became very attractive. And uh, so, a script of mine. So, the first major thing uh, I had produced was a film called The Cat's Meow that Lionsgate made, uh, starring Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich directed it. It was about a murder on William Randolph Hearst's yacht. Uh, then did um, uh, uh, stuff for TV, directed a couple of uh, independent films, um, uh, sold pilots to NBC and MTV and one-hour dramas mostly, although I've been out pitching comedies as well. First, first show I ever worked on was a show AMC did called The Lot, which was a half-hour uh, comedy about life on a fictitious movie studio lot uh, in 1939 won an Emmy for not writing, uh, sadly, but it did, it did win an Emmy. Um, so, uh, but then I, uh, then I have a couple of plays published by Samuel French. Um, and then I wrote this screenplay called Stoker and Wells order of the golden dawn. Um, and it did well for me. It was, uh, I, I thought, well, you know, I want to, I said, I want to do, I, I want to do a big film, a film, I, the kind of films I haven't written because I've written all sorts of genres but never really something, uh, although I was one of the writers uncredited on Disney's Around the World in 80 Days with Steve Coogan and Jackie Chan. You know, that was really something I, 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 I originated. Um, so I just had this idea. Every, every people, I, I said, you know, I want to do something in the wheelhouse of like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes or Pirates of the Caribbean, kind of what the industry calls a four-quadrant movie, a movie that kids will like, teenagers will like, their parents will like, and 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 in the grandparents alike that has a little something for everybody and uh, to justify this huge budget uh so i started thinking about you know a free ip free intellectual property and i started thinking about sort of a buddy film of of um sort of famous authors who lived around the same time so i started doing some research but different authors um from from the victorian era or from 1800s and who lived around the same time. And when I came to Bram Stoker, who was in his you know, late 40s and H.G. Uh, Wells in his late 20s, I thought I really hit on the perfect pair because they were different generations, very different personality types. And there's no real record of, even though the men coexisted in London uh, at the same time, no real record of a friendship between the two men, which ma- makes uh, uh, sense because you know, how, where their live paths were. So I just conceived this story of a 20-something screw-up divorcee, directionless uh, ladies' man named H.G. Wells who, um, who uh, uh, meets a, a long-time 15-year theater uh, manager of the Lyceum Theater named Bram Stoker, which is who those gentlemen were in 1894, and, uh, and that they go on a singular adventure that winds up being the inspiration for both men's first uh, great work, or first significant work, uh, which is The Time Machine for Wells and Dracula for, um, for Bram Stoker. I like to call it the absolutely true story of Bram Stoker and H.G. Wells, give or take 48 hours. Um, so I turned it into a screen. It was a screenplay, like I said, almost got made, and then a bunch, but didn't, and I wanted to get it told. I mean, I got a job off of it, so it, but I wanted that story to be told, he goes, why don't you turn it into some other form of IP? And that's when I thought, well, I'll turn it into a graphic novel. Because I'd done this path, and it worked before. My, the Cat's Meow, which I had mentioned about a murder on William Randolph Hearst's yacht, was a screenplay that almost got made for like for about 
seven years and didn't, three different sets of producers. So I turned it into a stage play, hoping that would reinvigorate interest in the screenplay. It did, and that led to Lionsgate making the movie. So I said, okay, well, I know a lot of people in the comic book world. I, I'm, since junior high school, I've been close friends with Billy Tucci, who created She, and, uh, and just this actually just had an incredibly successful Kickstarter Indiegogo for uh, the return of, of She, uh, Return of the Warrior, uh, her first, uh, his first book with her in 15 years. I'm co-writing it with Billy. Nice. Just cleared $130,000 on his uh, three-week uh, crowdfunding. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think I think uh, J uh, C Vaughn, who is um, VP of uh, Publishing at uh, Gems uh, uh, Gemstone, and and you know does the Overstreet Comic Book Guide. Um, he's my editor, uh, Barry Orkin wonderful illustrator who I've also known since seventh grade at Billy and he Billy and I went to school on Long Island Peter J Brennan junior high school no longer there and uh, in North Babylon um, Barry we've all kind of watched each other come up been, been each other's uh, fans and cheerleaders and uh, and finally all got to work together uh, Barry did the, the art and um, uh, Billy did a variant Billy did a variant cover that we had for uh, for as a Kickstarter reward level um, because the book itself wound up being funded uh, through two different Kickstarter campaigns. I think I glanced on your the muted video that you were looking at, at one of them. That was the older one. I think that was the one from 2017. It had some old art and old stuff that, that we, it wasn't actually used. So then we did a later one uh, um, in 2000, uh, last fall, yes. um, because the book, originally meaning to be a 50 Seven-page book turned into a 94-page wow. book, which, which meant we needed to raise a little bit more money, and uh, we did. And so uh, the, the, they were both successful uh, crowdfunding, and now the book is out, and we've gotten tremendously strong reviews across the line, not only you know, big uh, um, publications like uh, LA Weekly out here, but um, uh, First Comics Daily, Dark Media Online, uh, Comics Beat gave us a, a wonderful review, so we've gotten uh, really. I'm I'm thrilled to how much we've been embraced, especially because I'm a first timer. Yeah. So uh, and that's it. I'm I'm happy to be on the show with you guys. Uh, finding uh, still reeling over the shock of um, Shatner and Billy D. <laughs> well, you you say you're a first timer, but apparently you've done everything. Like you've done play, you've done TV, you've done movie. Like you've done everything. Now you're making a comic. So as as a writer, do you tackle each? version each medium differently or is it just one and you just slightly adjust it for whatever you're planning to make it out for well there are there, it's it's, a, it's more than a, it's the same story um uh and and i did start the basis was the screenplay and i and i would use the screenplay and um uh but it had to be pared down significantly to land i, I thought i was paring it down because uh, it hadn't been adapted when we launched the first kickstarter and in the adapting, uh, I was learning, um, and J.C. Uh, Vaughn, my editor, was very helpful. You know, I was cramming too much on a page. I, first of all, I, I learned that, you know, writing a graphic novel, it's not like handing a, a screenplay to somebody. You actually have to, you're, you become basically a writer-director, and uh, uh, which, which I learned. And so I would, you not only are giving the, the information, but, you know, the panel information, how, you know, what, what a page, you know, the layout of a given page, what information is going to happen on a given page. And I was cramming too much on a page if I was even with cutting. Uh, and, uh, and I'm a pretty good editor. I understand, I'm understanding the difference in the medium and, 
and what registers uh, on, on a comic book page versus what would register on film. Uh, I had a similar journey when I did, went from a screenplay to a stage play. You don't have close-ups so, uh, <laughs> when you're sitting in a theater audience. So I, had to, I, I learned that different language. But here, you know, I kept getting shorter. I uh, realized, well, okay, what's necessary in order to tell this story? We really didn't want to go beyond 90-odd pages or so. And so we went to 94. So, so um, you know, had to make a, a big choices of things to leave out. But it is still essentially the, the, the journey that happens um, in the screenplay. Um, but, but you start to learn about, you know, just like in film, you're all about, I want one scene to always lead into the next. So always got to be a, a, a timeline with forward momentum. Even if you're in making the, the subtlest, gentlest, you know, family drama, it's still always got to be moving forward. One scene moves to the next. And you have this beautiful format for graphic novels and comics, which is you turn a page and, you know, and and you want, you know, on the uh, at, at the bottom right of every uh, odd page, something that makes you turn it to the next. So it's always about what are you what are you ending? How are you getting someone to flip that page? Always want to be moving forward on the story. Um, so that was fun. Uh, trying to f- figure out where are my breaks for each page, um, and how how can it can contribute to the story moving forward? And so I'm I'm, I'm happy that the feedback has been very positive. And Barry, you know, it was great. Uh, I, you know, just like in film, when you're directing a film, you don't hire talented people and then just dictate to them. You want you want to tell them what your plan is, but give them the room for their creativity. So at Barry, I would always let them know, look, this is my plan for the page and, and, and the panels. Um, you, you have freedom to come back at me. If you say, okay, I get why Steve is doing it this way. I have a different idea that might help get it across even better. Please, by all means, do it. But we can't turn every time I send you a page that can't turn into two. And only in one case did he say, "No, no, no. This thing that you said, this, this, this needs to be a full page." And he was absolutely right about something. Uh, that and, uh, and we wound up having a really good and I, a good relationship. And I learned a lot from guys who, you know, I was basically the dumbest guy in the room as far as <laughs> graphic novels and comics, and that's a good position to be in. So, you know, I'm learning from them, and it's been a been a terrific uh, experience still is i just did a book signing out here in la at um um golden apple which is the biggest place uh in in, in los angeles so that was a lot of fun met uh, pedro from napoleon dynamite stopped by which was a lot of fun did you vote for him um <laughs> what's I that said, did you vote for him oh my god <laughs> uh well, I'm, so I'm getting a little break up here did i what for did him? you vote for him that was a long way for a joke oh. and it was <laughs> Yeah, it, it was. It took up too much time. Oh, vote for, yes, vote for Pedro. Right? Did I vote for who? Who didn't vote for Pedro? For God's sake! Exactly. So he's apparently a big comic book fan. Obviously, it's he's still the, 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 there's still um, playing Diamond books, animation. He, he's always Pedro. There's no one else doing Pedro but uh, but Ephraim. So uh, it's a lot of fun to mm-hmm. chat with him. So we actually had this is a, an interesting point on on something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about how the family of Bruce Lee, the daughter, in fact, is complaining about the portrayal of Bruce Lee in the film. Um, uh, was it the the time in Amer- Once Upon a Time in America? Right. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Once Upon yeah, a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So yes. when you're writing real people. Do you think about that in the back of your head that maybe there's going to be the family or the estate like, hey, that didn't really happen. Hey, because it's it's a weird thing that that's you're you're writing a story about someone who actually lived, but it's not a real story. 
but people may construe it as a real story. What, are, what is your position, when you're, your mindset when you're doing something like that? Well, it's an excellent question um, because, you know, I think, you know, there are a lot of people who will do whatever they want thinking, well, you know what, if someone, wants to, if someone wants to really know about someone, they should pick up a book or they should watch a documentary. This is a scripted format. You know, and after all, Shakespeare took historical characters and did what he wanted with them. And, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I learned this when I started in, uh, with the Cat's Meow, writing it right out of NYU. You, I did lots of research because I truly believed the, the, the fun and the challenge was how can I l- look at all the factual stuff and construct my story, not just ignore facts or, or facts I like and, and use ones I don't, you know, dis- dismiss ones I don't. You know, how can I... Uh, do you know really based on the research? But the fact is, with my earlier film, you you once you, you can all the research you want about Charlie Chaplin and Marion Davies, but once you put them you put them on a on a on a 220 foot yacht, and they go in a room and close the door. At that point, you're a dramatist. <laughs> There's no recording of their conversation. So you write you you're, you know you realize you are always engaging in fiction. That said. I do feel, and everyone, writers may not all agree, that there's a certain response, I feel a certain moral responsibility, because there are some people who will learn everything they're ever going to know about H.G. Wells or Bram Stoker from, from reading this book. They're never going to pick up a biography of them. They may never Wikipedia them. Um, they'll, they, may, they may read their books and so forth. Right. So I felt I really didn't want to just make them who I felt like I'd like them to be. Um, so I really did do a lot of research on both men, on both men's characters, personality types, where they were in their life. Um, because, you know, to me, that's also the fun of it. Um, I just, uh, as well as I think the quote unquote right thing to do, uh, again, other writers may not agree. And I mean, one of the things that really pisses me off is a, a movie like Cinderella Man, um, where they needed to really, you know, based on a real life boxer. Mm-hmm. And then they decided, well, this movie needs a villain. And right. so the boxer, Max Bear Sr., I think, uh, who, who is the one who challenged Cinderella Man to co- come back in and fight, um, he, the true story was he actually had killed a man in the ring. Um, and so in the movie they said, okay, well, he'll, well, we'll, have, we'll have him saying things like to his, to, uh, to his kids, you know, he tried, I killed a man, I'm going to kill your dad too. That's like <laughs> he, was, he was happy about it, right. you know, and that was like a threat and he was the villain. And the fact of the matter is, and that really upset the, the children, you know, uh, the surviving children of Max Bear, because uh, as anybody who knows boxing will tell you, n- n- there are very, very few, if any, boxers who delight in having accidentally Murdered somebody killed a man in the ring. Yeah, and, and so it haunted him. Uh, he, 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 you know, it, 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 and, and to, to that, you know, no one ever, there is no, I don't think there is a, a biography out on Max Bear Sr. that the only record in popular entertainment is this movie that portrays him as a monster. Mm. Sure. Are you allowed to do that? Yes. Because you're, you know, the law is that you can't libel the dead. So right now, if, if I wanted to do anything, you know, if I wanted to do, do, uh, do a, a movie about George Washington as a crossdresser, I can, <laughs> uh, there's nothing stopping me, not, not any children, nothing. There's no law against it. So if, for example, none of the two things I've done, the major things that I've done with historical figures, Stoker and Wells, nor um, uh, the cat's meow, you know, I mean, I have William Randolph Hearst, you know, basically, you know, pull a trigger and shoot somebody, which, uh, but, you know, people are like, oh, did you get sued by the Hearst 
people and the hurt. No, never. Not when the play ran, not the movie, nothing, because there's no case and they know it. Their lawyers know it. There's nothing you can do uh, in telling a story about uh, the, someone who is deceased, and particularly public figures. They have even less rights. You can't use them to advertise a product. That happened in the 70s when um, when Apple, when they first launched, I mean, the, yeah, 70s or early 80s, 80s. Or no, 80s. 70s, they launched the first computer, yeah, and they used Charlie Chaplin as a figure to show it, yeah. you know, to uh, to advertise it, and, um, right. you know, the famous, then, then the Chaplin people, and I think, um, who was it, it was Rod, it was Rod Serling's estate, John Wayne's estate, they, they got together a class, you know, to, to change the law, which said that you can use, you know, the deceased, you can use the deceased in, 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 without paying anybody rights in movies or theaters or books, but you cannot, and to advertise those movies, theaters, or, uh, you know, uh, works, but you cannot use them to endorse product without making deals with the uh, the estate, yeah, I, I um, which was a good one. Wasn't there a commercial in the early two thousands uh, with Audrey Hepburn, and they did like a cookie commercial or like a, a espresso commercial or something with her in a car? I think they had to get permission for that. The, yeah. First. Okay. Oh yeah, they yeah. did. I remember yeah, all that. that stuff. They got for, they, yeah. yeah, they got now. Okay, and it has to do also where you know sometimes like. Um, I, I, and then, then there are gray areas like Boris Karloff in the Frankenstein makeup. Mm. Is that universal? Is that Karloff or is it ultimately both? Yeah. And I think they, they, they proved that it was both. You know, for years, if you looked at all the Universal Studios monster licensing, it's always him, yeah. it's always their him. Dracula is very generic looking. It does not look like Lagos. Yeah. It's just a man with a widow's peak. And because uh, they got, I think, the rights from the Karloff estate and uh, but they didn't. But, but the the Lagosi estate, I think, was more, they were having more difficult times. So for you, they didn't want to, you know, give them the money that they were due. So now, finally, I think they've made um, they've made their peace with the Lagosi, Cheney, and Karloff estate, so that they, those creatures can actually look like the uh, actors beneath, Ad- you know, representation. Yes. Um, I know, yeah, I know you have sure. a, a hard a hard time to leave. So I want to make sure we get this in before you have to go. Um, where can people find the yes. book? Website, social media stuff, promote it now. Sure. Well, I'm I'm on uh, the book is on Facebook. Um, I mean, not the book itself, but we have a page on uh, Facebook, Stoker and Wells, uh, Order of the Golden Dawn, with an ampersand, not the word and. Um, and then it's on Amazon, both as a, uh, um, a hard copy, you know, soft a paperback hard copy, 94, 94 pages, uh, or Kindle, so you can uh, get both at Amazon. We're starting to get out into stores uh, in L.A. and New York. Uh, we haven't actually made a distribution deal uh, to get it out further through Diamond and so forth. We're sort of waiting to get what we just did get, which was the great press that we've gotten. So now we have tools to actually uh, um, get buyers uh, more interested in it. Nice. But the book's uh, doing great on Amazon. Um, I'm on Twitter at Stephen G. Peros. Uh, Stephen with a V, middle initial G, and Peros, P-E-R-O-S. Uh, and I'm also on Facebook. I'm only one of two Stephen Peroses. I am the one who <laughs> is not a realtor. So, um, yeah. so don't, don't, don't want to get a on, house, uh, don't call you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so yes, please, uh, please find the book. Uh, we're all really, really proud of it. Um, um, it's a lot of fun, and, 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 and people are doing it. So I, I hope your fans will uh, 
and listeners will will give it a chance. So thank nice. you very much for calling in. Um, I did read it. I thought it was awesome. Um, we are going to have a review of thank it you. On a, in a future show. So when that comes up, you'll be able to hear what um, our bookworm Batson thought of it as well. Um, thank you so much for, ca- for calling. I really appreciate it. And um, we will. Thank you. Thank you. And when you're back in New York, come down to the studio. Love to have you. I will. Absolutely. I absolutely will. I look forward to it. All right. It's a pleasure. Thanks for calling in. Take care, Steve. All right, gentlemen. Have a great day. Bye bye. You too. Take care. All right. So that was was Steven. That was Mr. Peros. Like I said, I did read the book. I thought it was very interesting. I, li- I like the idea. Very nice. I'm always a fan of that alternate timeline, like what if moments type of storytelling. That's always fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I really do enjoy that. And I look forward to having him in the studio because he can talk and he had a lot of great information. I only asked him like three questions yep, and, and he, he just and, and he, he just, just went. He rolled which, with Which it. is awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I look forward to talking to him more. From a radio standpoint, uh, that's great content. Because <laughs> he was a really good guest, so thanks again for, for, coming, for yes. calling in. Thank you. And so now we can, we can do some more stuff with the, with the rest of the show. Woo. We have no commercial break, but we're going to do, uh, we're going to do this. <laughs> As we always tend to uh, do a little uh, separation between content of the show. So I did want to mention... Um, the GCCCE, which is the Grasshopper Comics mm-hmm. Children's Charity uh, event. Um, I went there as a, we had him on the show, mm-hmm. uh, Grasshopper Comics in um, Williston Park uh, in Long Island. Uh, last year, they raised, it's for the John Theisman, John Theisman? Probably John I think Thiesman. it's John Theisman. Yeah. John Theisman um, uh, Children's Charity. Last year, they raised $18,000. This year, they raised twenty two thousand dollars and when i i only went there for the tail end so i went there for the for the food and i went there for the for the raffle but i know earlier they did have santa claus invader and they had um artists and they had bill tucci there as a as steve was mentioning yes doing uh signings and, and sketches and it was a great great event and seeing it this year, since I had a little more time, because last year I went, I was there like uh, probably like the last 20 minutes of the, of the entire event. Hmm. But uh, this time I was there for a couple hours. And it was really, 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 let me say this again, really great. So for me, I, I brought a little toy and I donated a toy. And nice. I decided that I would throw in $5 for the raffle because um, uh, John Riley of Grasshopper Comics was saying that there is tons of stuff to give away for the prizes. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know, it's a good cause. I might walk away with something kind of kind of yeah. nice. And it they had. Right. Yeah. Um, me being poor, $5 is a lot, but I still like, you know, let's let's help out the less fortunate than I am. Yes. So there I are, did. There's always someone in a worse situation, yada, yada, yada. Right. So I put in the $5, and and so for $5, I got, I got fed, which was awesome because the food, and it's a free event. You don't even have to get a ref, so you don't have to do yeah. any of that stuff. But I did. You just show up. And um, I had uh, some Swedish meatballs, some really good Ooh. Swedish meatballs. They had a, a giant buffet uh, um, style food nice. there. Nice. I had the Swedish meatballs. I had some soda. It was great. And um, our, our friend of the show, um, Lou, uh, he Ooh. actually Did took some of the leftover food, which was still unopened, mm-hmm. and he was going to donate to a church. So even that food was donated. To, to to people and like I said it wasn't it wasn't even eaten it was like stuff that was made for the thing and it was so much food it was almost like a zero they had waste. they had extra and so they he he took it uh, to be donated to a church and some charities as well that's awesome so they had that then they had um some some dessert and cookies and stuff which feeds uh, I think they said about 200 people 
And so yes. it was it was for for something for everybody. That's so cool. But the the big event was which was the raffle. So on this wall, and it's it's basically probably a half of the entire store, mm-hmm. the wall of stuff that they have. They had prints, which prints, which is all signed. Yeah. They had comics, some graded, uh, some not graded. Okay. All signed. Oh wow. They had figurines. They had um so much stuff there, and like everything was as as John said, everything was worth more than five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw, I was like, I saw a couple of things. I was like, ooh, this was like, like the really big. I was like, a, this giant storm figurine, a baby mm-hmm. Yoda figurine that they had. Yeah, yeah. They gave out um a hundred dollar gift certificate to PF Chang's oh, and wow. fifty dollar gift certificate to to um uh, Cheesecake Factory. Two nice. tickets to see Billy Joel. Like there was uh, tons of stuff wow. on there. And so they had this giant uh, bowl, and you pulled out, you know, you pulled out your ticket. And you get to pick one item from the wall and That's take it cool. down, and then they draw the next name and the That's next yours. name, and, and, so and it keeps on, on, so on going. And as 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 uh, John said, after a while, when the same people were winning over and over again, people had like five, six items. He was like, "All right, who didn't win anything?" Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I haven't won anything." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, all right, go pick something off the wall." So all by this time, like all the really good stuff, the things that I knew were valuable, and I was like, "Oh, I want to get that." We're yeah, going yeah. gone. Yeah. But I saw this in the corner of my eye. I'm holding up to the ah, Facebook. Uh, yeah. A live That's camera, and I just knew it was a Harry Potter thing. I didn't know what it was. I just saw it was a Harry Potter thing. Ah. No, no, no! Don't open it! Don't open it! Don't open it! Because okay. it's sealed it's, on top. It's Velcro. Oh, it's sealed on top. Then I won't do anything stupid then, because I was almost <laughs> oh my very God, stupid. You almost did, I almost destroyed everything that you were about to say for this. I'm ruined so sorry. the value <laughs> of the item. I'm sorry. Everything's fine. The seal is intact. I, I'm looking at it right you show now. It on the Facebook. It's, it's fine. Still. I promise. It's good. I promise we're good. Nothing has been broken. So. I, I took this Harry Potter thing. This is cool. It's the Hermione uh, Granger teen version from Star Ace UK. Oh, wow. A figurine. Is this? And I took it home. And I was like, you know, it's probably worth $25, $30, whatever. Yeah. I look it up online, and they're selling it on eBay for $300. Whoop! I'm going to give that back to you. Then. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. And if you go to the actual website, it's on sale for like 200 and, and change. Wow. So, so people are really like, looking at it. It looks like that there's only... 27 of them made looking at that model number down there um i think this is the the um, the, the the code the product code on oh, the product code okay okay because uh, it says out of 27 so it's like very strange on the what bottom do you say that? it's uh right under the actual name on the front it's like sa and then a bunch of zeros oh two, that's six. those are the two product codes oh okay so it's okay. her in the, in the in the thing and then they have the teenage oh, version oh 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 that's that's that never that's, mind so it's is this one never mind and then her in the i guess it may be on the, the has that's cool. Uh, there's like her a Christmas, the ropes, her the yeah. Ropes. There's like that a Christmas sense. version. There's a Harry. There's tons of stuff. You go on this website. They have like really good, okay, that makes um, sense. detailed figurines. Mm-hmm. But I was like, for That's five dollars. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. I got a two hundred something dollar prize. I got fed. I got to talk comics. I get to see. And you got to have fun. And it was, it was, and they had like some, sometimes, sometimes they even gave out like this mystery box full mm-hmm. of stuff in there, and they had like a nine point something CGC item, like tons mm-hmm. of stuff worth well more. You know, you can go in there and even throw down. I think it's a Star Ace UK if you want to look it up. Um, you can throw down you know, twenty, forty dollars, fifty dollars, sixty dollars. You can throw this down. Oh yeah. And you can still walk away with something of incredible value. And all this stuff was donated, and this is all for charity. So it's like everybody's winning. 
there isn't there's not it's not a loser in this situation. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an, everybody goes home with something at least very nice right. should they choose to. Exactly. And that's and that was the, the, the craziest thing. Like the fact that, that they managed to do this. And he even and he even got an award. It's Star Ace. Okay. Star Ace, that's what it was. I was about Star to look Ace it up. UK. Yeah, I was looking up one thing while also going to Star Ace. Star Ace UK. Okay. So, the fact that here, just not yet. Look at I'm that. Just being a damn, <laughs> I'm just being a damn fool. I just spelled, I just spelled it wrong. Got it. So the fact that the kids, you know, money's raised for the charity. The kids get the toys. Um, people walk away with with, with valuable items. You yeah. you get to meet comic book guys if if you're a fan of any of this stuff like it's such an amazing thing in a little comic book store. Oh, wow. It's 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 it was it was an amazing event and like I said I didn't expect to come out you know like I said I figured I go down there you know do do my little my little good deed for the day maybe get something to eat and and see and, and enjoy the the festivities and it is a very festive and enjoyable thing even um the the guy from comic book men um ming ming chen yeah he was there really yeah it's like oh, that's it's, cool. it's it's a it's a it's a huge event for such a little store and yeah. it's an annual thing and then and like i said it's it's so what? crazy how well this was received and how much money they made they made $22,000 for charity That's from so a comic cool. book store like it's and it's 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 mind boggling and yet it's such a great cause and like i said everybody won there wasn't a unhappy person at all who left there so if you if you wanted just to come into to um, to to win something you you were there you want to go see some comics you were there you want to go um, see Santa Claus versus Darth Vader outside in the street. It, it had something for everybody. It was That's a whole funny. day event, and um, so next year we're gonna I'm gonna be actually covering the event, I'm be taking pictures and what have you. Mm-hmm. But you know I want to be there for the for the whole day. I just wasn't able to make it for the whole day. But it was just something that I thought was really cool, and it's gonna be on the first Saturday of December of every year. So mark that in your calendars. Go first down Saturday there. December. Throw down um, uh, a raffle. You know, five dollars. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. And and if you have more, you know, twenty dollars. You can you can leave with two or three items. That's true. It was like I said, there's some of these guys that that put in and they won five or six items. Wow. So that's twenty dollars, twenty five dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah, five or six items, twenty dollars. And like I said, this here, I had no idea the value. The value. Mm-hmm. So they and they had like I said, and they had some stuff that was really worth tons of money. And and you know you're getting even even if you get a print sign yeah. that's like thirty bucks yeah. so even even still the lower tier stuff it's still, it's still way more, more than five dollars yeah and you're and it's for a good cause so I want to make sure that uh, I I want to give a shout out to Grasshopper Comics uh, John Riley uh, it was a great event and I, I wish them con- much continued success on that uh, so we have five minutes left to go um, we do. Usually we do the social media time, but we but he already mentioned uh, yeah. Stoker and oh crap I I had it written down Stoker and Wells Stoker and Wells Stoker I keep Wells. on I keep on saying Stoker and Ace because it was a movie called Stoker Ace yeah okay but it's Stoker and Wells yeah, uh, Stoker and Wells Order of the Golden Dawn mm-hmm. uh, you can get it on Amazon check it out it's the beginning middle and end of of the of the of the story um, it's a good read and I thought it was interesting about how he wanted to do it in one format and transfer uh-huh. it to another format yeah and. And maybe this will come and be. All I'm saying is Amazon's looking for more content, so that could probably be a three-part miniseries. It, 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 it could be like it, it, the the idea of what happened during the the the, the comic, 
Well, the graphic novel. Yeah. Uh, was was kind of cool. I, I personally, I thought it was like, all right, I see oh, where he's awesome. going. I thought it was great. So make sure you guys check that out. And also check out Grasshopper Comics, www.grasshoppercomics.com, mm-hmm. uh, for their event. And just go down there and support them throughout the rest of the year. Because even if you can't make it for that event, they raised so much money. They got tons of toys. They did so much stuff. So just support them as a business in Long Island. Just go down. If you want your comics, go to them and, and, and get the stuff from them. They didn't pay me for any of this. Nope. None of that stuff. I just thought it was really cool. Pure and, excitement. And, and they were really great. And he was a really great guy when he came down yeah. uh, to the studio. Um. So, yeah, that's it for this show. Uh, do you have a final thought, uh, uh, Zambo? Yeah, I guess I'll just reiterate what I said before. Um, I do like those whole, like, hey, what if these two guys, you know, met up and it was an alternate timeline and it just got wacky for a minute type of stuff. And So I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, that definitely seems to pique at least my type of interests. So uh, thanks. Seriously, that was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, for me, I, I think I've had uh, my, my plenty of my plethora of final thoughts. Plethora of thoughts. Um, so that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, Tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. Listen to our archives. We'll be up in a week or so. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We can check us out on Facebook Live, which is every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check us out on places such as we have a YouTube page, Facebook page, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. But you can check us out on such places as... Overcast Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes Breaker, or Breaker, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player, FM, Soundcast, Acast, CastBox, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podmust, Luminary, Blueberry, MixCloud, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast, Attic, Pandora, Castro, you can, it's an Alexa skill, and I also found out that you can just ask Siri to play, it came from the radio, and it will pop up, so if you want to listen to us, awesome. you can. Um, so that's about it, and we'll see you uh, next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.